Good to see you guys. Great to be back with you again. If you're watching online, it's great to have you uh, with us as well. And, and uh, this is kind of a... Uh, just a unique time. We've kind of got the last couple weeks of summer, and then you know we're starting a new series all across all four churches in the Zero Collective um, on September 11th, as we kind of kick into the the fall season. But um, how many of you in my family, all my kids went back to school this past week? How many of you either went back to school or you have kids in your family who have gone back to school? Um, yeah. So this is kind of the, the time we're in, and this is also the the time of year when sports all kind of kick in, and you start, uh, as a parent, you start getting all these emails from coaches, you know, about practices and all this kind of stuff, and so um, we wanted just to take a couple weeks a little and talk a little bit about uh, sports and faith and where those things kind of intersect in our lives, and so I'll just tell you, uh, sports and the church have not always had the greatest relationship with one another. Um, maybe you haven't picked up on the tension, but I'm guessing a lot of you have. Uh, I remember being like a youth pastor right out of college. You know, I'm like right out, of, right out of Bible school. My wife and I were young. We had no kids yet. And so I, I literally remember just being annoyed at parents and at students. I was a high school youth pastor because like sports were taking kids out of my, you know, the program that I was leading and the events that we were having. I just remember being frustrated, like, man, their sports are always kind of competing with whatever we're trying to do in the church. Um, I, I, have, I even have memories of like being at a, a grad party, I remember, uh, with a student that had graduated, and, and the mother um, of this uh, child talking about like, man, if I had one regret, I would have maybe pulled back a little bit from all the, the traveling teams and all that, because she was recognizing like uh, her, her son really didn't develop any deep roots with the church and in his faith, and so uh, she was worried about him as he was going off to college. And so I remember feeling that, but then, um, you know, my wife and I have four boys, uh, as John was just saying a moment ago, and three of my four boys have been in sports at different times, and one of my sons was really into sports. I mean, just tried out pretty much every sport there was, and um, to this day, uh, he actually is a sophomore at Cornerstone University, and he's scholarshiped. Uh, he's a runner on the cross-country team and on the track team. Um, both. And so we're still going to his sporting events, even now into college, and just loving that and enjoying that. And so as a parent, I got to like recognize, man, um, you know, there were some really great things about sports. We actually got to a season of life where we were missing out on some things because of the sports and the different things that our, our son Andrew was involved in. And um, I'll just tell you this, what I realized during that season was Andrew really needed some of the friends and the teammates that he had uh, and I know we're going to talk about this in a minute, but um, uh, I'm grateful for some of the teammates that just encouraged him and became kind of a spiritual, uh, you know, force in his life. I realize that's part of the way that God uh, really discipled my son Andrew was through sports and through the team uh, that he was a part of, that that was just part of God's plan for him. And so I'm so incredibly grateful for that. Uh, so sports can, can be this incredible way that God uses in our lives, too. In fact, uh, Nick, who uh, is our resident here at Center, and um, you're going to get to hear from him as well next week a little bit, too. But um, Nick, I kind of forgotten this until you said this when we were praying this morning. Nick actually accepted Christ as a college uh, student. He was a baseball player and another teammate, right, on the team, uh, shared the gospel with him, and he accepted Christ that way. And so um, anyway, what a powerful thing that it actually can be. So I wrote a couple of questions down here. Uh, first of all, a lot of times people ask, are sports good or bad? And I would just tell you our, our view on that is neither, that sports are neither good nor bad. Uh, they're a tool 
that it depends on where your emphasis is. It depends on where your focus is. They're a tool that God can use in your life to actually, um, and in our community, for the gospel to be shared and um, for us to be discipled deeper, or they could be a distraction, right? And, and it's a way that we get kind of drawn away from things that God wants to say and do in our lives. And so that's really what we're going to talk about this morning is where is your emphasis? Where is your focus? Um, I, I wrote this question down too. Does God care about sports, right? Uh, some of you have been praying for the Lions for years and years and years. And I'm just telling you, you're wondering like, what? where is my faith is just, you know, drying up because God just won't answer my prayer, unless you were praying for them to lose. Maybe then uh, you've been like, man, God's been answering my prayer. But, uh, so, you know, does God care about sports? I would tell you, no, I don't think God cares about like the outcome of sports, like who wins or loses. But I think God cares deeply about the people, the players, the coaches, the athletes, um, the families that are involved in sports. And uh, we, we see this all the way through the Bible. God will use uh, anything he can to get a hold of people's hearts. And sports offers an incredible opportunity to do that. And for that reason, I think God does care very much about sports and cares very much about our approach to sports. Um, so this is kind of our, our, our passage of Scripture we're looking at this morning. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, the writer Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's talking about what they're doing as followers of Christ, but he compares it to the Olympic Games. If you guys know like the Greek games uh, and that would happen, he would have been very familiar with that. And so this is what he says. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Here's the sentence. Here's the line I want you to remember. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it, talking about the church, we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So he's talking about which crown are you competing for? Literally, in the Greek Olympic athletes, and maybe some of you know this, they would literally have like this laurel wreath that they would place uh, on the heads of the winners. And he's saying basically, and that's a question we're asking this morning, as you compete in sports, as you look at sports and your faith, which crown are you uh, competing for? The crown that will not last or the crown that will last? Um, and that's what we're interested in talking about. So uh, I have with me, John, uh, I mentioned a little bit, but uh, we have Steve Anderson here with us this morning. Steve, thanks so much for being with us yeah, thanks, and uh, yeah. being a part of things. And just very quickly, again, for those of you who are maybe just now tuning in online, Steve uh, has worked with athletes and coaches, been a part of the church and ministry for years and years, but then also uh, worked in a number of different ways um, to support athletes all throughout multiple universities and um, your uh, tagline, your son Josh was telling me, it's like bringing the gospel to the, the mat or to the court. You, you say it. You... Yeah, so we're trying to live out the Great Commission on the mat, track, field, gym, pool, court, and locker room. There's seven <laughs> gotcha. of them. I got them all. There, there you go. Good yes. job. Um, and so uh, currently with Athletes in Action at uh, Grand Valley State University. Yes. Right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. hoping to, to kind of move into Cornerstone as well, bit. right? Yeah, yeah. I've been able to work with the Cornerstone wrestlers. Um, yeah. That's been pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so we're, I'm just going to ask Steve a few questions and just help us as parents and uh, hopefully some of you who are, are going to be in sports this next year, think about how your faith intersects with that. Um, so uh, first of all, 
Uh, Steve, if you could only choose one sport to play and watch forever, I know it's going to be running. I know because my son's in running. I know you're going to say that. Yes. But I'm going to ask you the question anyway. What sport would it be? It's hard to believe that I am actually not a cross-country runner. <laughs> um, the word cross-country just scares me. I don't even like drive that far, let alone run it. <laughs> wrestling, no question. It's wrestling. Wrestling was one of the original Greek sports, like you said, in the Olympics. It is re- Think about it. Little kids, they, it's natural. Right, wrestling is natural. You don't have to teach a kid to roll around with his brother or his sister when they're two years old, right? We, for some reason, we want to pin the other person in the day we're born. For some reason, it's just God given. It's man. in it's us, just, yes. yeah, right. Yes. Yes. But they make you run a lot in wrestling practice. I they do, do not heavyweights, but yeah, everyone else yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. That's true. Um, so, uh, talk to us. When did you first get into sports? When did that intersect your life? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I grew up in East Michigan, uh, but like a lot of us, I grew up. First T-ball, right, as a four or five-year-old and, and loved baseball. I actually wanted to be a professional baseball player when I was, when I was younger. But then something happened at fifth or sixth grade. I, I grew up and out, and all of a sudden I became a wrestler and football player like overnight. Um, but So I've been in sports and around sports uh, since I was four or five years old. Yeah, and you grew up in the church? I did. Okay. Yes, yes. So your parents you know, were part of that world too. And yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. I grew up in the church but had my what I call my youth group training years of uh, high school, college, and young adult life, where I turn my back on the Lord, and um, that's mm-hmm. actually why I do what I do now. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, well, in, in terms of what we're talking about then this morning, um, how have you seen sports create great things spiritually for students and families? Maybe you could just share a, a couple stories of some good, some positive things you've seen sports bring. And, and by the way, uh, Josh Anderson, which is, who's Steve's son, is actually the youth pastor at New Life Church, uh, which is one of our churches in the Zero Collective in Wayland. Um, so he and Olivia are there, and your, your first granddaughter yes. as well, yes. um, there as, as well. And so uh, Josh also was in, in sports and everything yeah. uh, too. So yeah, any, yep. any stories you could share with us of just some positive things you've seen? Yeah, for sure. I mean, sport, I, I always want to make sure that I differentiate between sport and games, right? I mean, they are two different things, right? Games are just part of sport, but sport, sport and what it is, is a pure thing. Right? It, it teaches us discipline. It helps teach us teamwork and, and striving and pushing ourselves to limits and even beyond those limits. Right, That's what sport does. It teaches us respect for coaches and those darn guys that call us out or safe. Right, Those guys. You know what I'm talking about, those guys, right? Uh, but it teaches us those things. It teaches us how to lose well, but even more importantly, how to win well. Right, and, and But also leaving it on the field when the clock hits zero or the ninth inning is over or whatever analogy you want to use. And and one thing that I'll never forget, when my son was 12 years old, uh, he played baseball with a travel team, and we actually went out to Cooperstown, New York one summer. And uh, there they have weekly tournaments of about 100 teams every week from all over the country come into Cooperstown and, and play in a really, really cool uh, complex. And I'll never forget Josh telling me, um, you know, the fields were pristine, and you know they all had the, the high walls, and it was just really, really cool, and Josh saying, yeah, they have drinking fountains in the dugout. That's the only thing he cared about is they had drinking fountain in the dugout. I'm like, cool, go play ball, right? But um, we played one game, and, you know, being a team from Michigan, you know how we are in Michigan, we played baseball in the snow in April and May even sometimes. And, and so, you know, we, we have good ball players, but we played this team for Virginia one game, and they just absolutely smoked us. You know, we, they hit the, the mercy rule and the – very first inning, then we had to deal with the next three innings before we finally got to that. It was mercy rule is a good term for that, what that is, right? Um, but then something happened after the game. 
That team from Virginia asked our guys to come pray with them on the field after the game. They weren't gloating. They weren't beating their chest. They said, let's just pray because, once again, we're fellow athletes. Right? We're fellow baseball players. And, and it was just really cool to see that. And my son's team was all believers on the team, you know, all you know, West Michigan guys. But it was really cool to watch. And then something happened that day. Those young men on my son's team started doing that tradition also um, and took it, brought it back here to Michigan. And when we played in different travel games, they asked the other team to come and pray after the game. And what was cool even with that is I think on the team there were three different high schools represented, uh, Forest Hills uh, Eastern and Caledonia and South Christian. And those three schools asked their team or the, the opponents after every game just to pray to put the game in its proper place of, it's just a game. I love it, but it's just a game. Mm -hmm. It was just really cool to see that happen. And so it got me wondering how many other teams were doing that across the country because of that school in Virginia or that team in Virginia, and who gave it to them? And just they will never know the impact that I had on my son and those other 14 guys and whoever knows who my son and, and they had effects on. It was just a really cool thing to see when we pray and put the thing in its perspective, it was really, really neat to see. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and sports really does it puts you in this environment with other people in your community and your and um, yeah, th that's the common ground place where you can, yeah. if you think about it, and that's where your focus is. You can bring faith into that. Yeah, think about you know some of us. You know, we we cheer for that team in Lansing. I don't. I won't. I never, <laughs> ever, ever, ever will cheer for that team in East Lansing. Um, but when we sit in a real stadium like the one in Ann Arbor on Saturdays, <laughs> and we're with 110,000 other crazy people, and we cheer every time the really cool helmets cross the goal line, I don't care if I know him or not. If he's wearing the same shirt as me, we're high-fiving. I don't care what color that guy is. If we're wearing the same shirt, we're high-fiving. Right. I don't even care if they're Muslim. I don't care if they're gay. I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. Blue, 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 boom, fist bump. It's fascinating what sports does. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it has that power. Yeah. Um, so so th those are a couple of like positive examples uh, of even just the way that our faith can actually play a role in sports, and, and God can use that. Uh, but so on the other side of that, how have you seen, um, how can those uh, great things become warped over time to hurt students or families? Have you, have you seen that happen? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, now with, with social media, we, we unfortunately see a lot of videos of of court storming brawls or right or or we don't like how the umpire called our seven-year-old son out when he was clearly safe right and and i will be the first to say when i coach my son i work the umpires all the time i worked them i worked them i worked them I never yelled but i worked them i told them how horrible they were and every call was bad that went against me i would well, we give them a nugget every now and then it was obvious but for the most part i worked them right but we've seen how it, it all of a sudden it affects us kind of negatively, man. And, and, and we've seen, unfortunately, it get past the line where it becomes physical. Or it, all of a sudden, I do not like this person, be, really, because he called your seven-year-old son out on a worthless, meaningless game, right? And we've seen too much of that even more and more in our society. Um, now we've kind of seen some of the, just the nastiness of the games again. It's not sport, it's the games. What, what we put on this pedestal of um, you know, our, our competition and, and, and 
me having to be the top guy in what I do to get there sometimes. And yes, they worked hard. And yes, the athletes, man, they, they put the work in. Man, I, I've seen it. Sometimes, though, it becomes part of our identity, which we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. It becomes I'm above people. It, becomes, it, it, it can get really, really sticky even in the high school level. I've right. seen that, too, even in the high school level. It gets, we put it, it's called an idol, we put it between us and the Lord. And it gets really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, we've seen examples of that for sure. Um, Somebody I asked you first service. And I, one of the things I remember with my son, even was just uh, he had you know a couple other you know guys on his team, and like their parents' behavior at different meets and things like that would just be like, wow. And and Andrew uh, would say things to us like, man, their parents or whatever, however they're acting. Uh, do you have any like advice for parents of even like when you're observing other parents? How do you, how do you react to that? How do you talk to your kids about that? Um, yeah, yeah. Set a different tone, you know. When, when I stopped being the guy that people talked about with officials, especially, um, <laughs> one thing I always made sure was that I was intentional about. It. Like, we need to be intentional about everything, right? We need to be intentional about discipling our, our kids, discipling those in, in our home, right? This is part of that. You know, don't be afraid to talk about Mr. Jones' explosion on the ball field last night. You know, we don't throw Mr. Jones under the bus, but we do point it out. You know, we don't know what's going on in his life. We don't know why he got to that point at that time. But just point out, you know, is that Christ-like? You know, what does that look like? You know, how could he maybe handle that differently? But also put on you, like, you know, how am I with, with those things, kid? You know, what, what do you think about me when I kind of work the umpires or, or we talk bad about the coach because he didn't do what we thought? But be intentional and be okay with talking about those hard, tough things. With your kid, I don't care if they're five years old. It's a great, great teaching moment always um, to to work through those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Um, so uh, talking about like, what are some practical ways? How can families integrate faith and sports? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been in student ministries for a long time. Before I, I find just went to sport ministry only about seven or eight years ago, and and so I, I felt. Ryan's pain of being in, in youth group. I worked at Kenwood Community Church for a long time, and we had those same issues. I'm a sports guy, though. I didn't care if Johnny wasn't here because he was practicing. Because I'm like, man, he needs to get better because I, I watched his jump shots, and it sucks. He needs to practice, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, I, and, and I get that. I, I totally understood that. But also, I, I, I got that. But here's – we're really good youth pastors when we don't have kids, aren't we? Uh-huh, yeah. Man, I learned that, too. I, when I had kids, I'm like, man, I sucked as a youth pastor. Wow, I didn't realize how bad I was. Um, but parents, it's our, not just responsibility, but our honor that we get to disciple our kids at home. It has to be intentional, right? What they do here for an hour, or what they do at youth group for a couple hours, that's just three hours a week. That, that's, that's not enough, right? And yes, we want to build a community with, with other believers and with other teens and um, all that. We definitely want that. But we have to be intentional about those teaching moments. We have to be intentional. If we're out of town on a Sunday, I'm going to say this. I'm going to give you permission to go travel on a Sunday to go to a tournament. John may not, but I'm going to. I don't outrank John, though. But it's okay to do that, but, man, make this a priority. You know what? This is more important than sport. Yeah, I said it. Our faith and our growth and our discipleship, more important than sport. Mm-hmm. Sport's pretty stinking important to me anyways. Mm-hmm. If this is more important. So be intentional as a parent. Yeah. If you're not here, cool. Watch it online. 
discuss it online, discuss it afterwards, whatever it is. But man, pour into your kids. Why have them get around other athletes? FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, is a great organization here in West Michigan. Matter of fact, um, one of the, 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 the South Kent County person is a, the soccer coach at South Christian High School. Um, we have different, I, I'm not with FCA anymore, but there are really good FCA huddles are what they're called at different schools. And actually my daughter works for FCA, which is kind of cool. We're competing ministries now. Um, but to get involved in something like that where you can actually worship and do studies with other athletes is pretty cool also. But parents, mm -hmm. you're the one who has to push and, and, and hold your kid accountable for those things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well said. I, and I, I think, you know, it's amazing that the, the time we live in today, you know, versus like even, you know, uh, 20 years ago or so, we didn't have uh, online ministries or, or ways uh, to connect outside of that. You know, it was you have to be here physically in the room at this time or that time. Um, and so uh, I've even heard from uh, parents even this past summer, like it'll be like a Wednesday night or something. I'll get a text about the sermon on Sunday. It, it was just strange enough. I mean, it's like they were traveling with a sports team or whatever, and they. But as a family, they sat down and watched the the live stream um, because you because we're we're able to do that now in the day we're we're in. It just depends on the focus you want to put on it. And, yeah. and I think as parents, that's that is our job is to say, hey, this still matters. We were talking yesterday about just like even it's Sunday morning, you're traveling, but saying, hey, we're going to take some time to pray together or just read some scripture, or just kind of have uh, some, some form of just gathering church um, for that. And so, yeah, there, there's so many opportunities we have to do that. Um, and so, yeah, there, there, those are some really good ways to kind of integrate sports and faith and yeah. take that together. Yeah, one, one other that I, I kind of mentioned earlier was realizing what, what sport even is to an athlete. It, it's a form of worship, right? We, we sang some songs yeah. up here, and, and we, we gave God our gifts that's why I don't sing. I just I hum because I can't, I don't have that gift of singing, right? Um, but man, think about some of the people that God's created. Michael Jordan, sorry, the goat, not LeBron. It's, it's MJ. Amen. Right? <laughs> he created that man, and look what he did for all those years, right? My wife and I had the opportunity in Ann Arbor to work with the Michigan gymnastics team, also the guys and the girls. And and one a uh, couple of years ago, the the women actually won the national championship, and it was really really cool to go to and and watch these young ladies compete. And and what they do is freaky. To run and all of a sudden just jump and hit a horse and then, you know, spin 48 times and then do what, you know one of these and one of these and the the lawnmower and all this and then land on their feet and not move. <laughs> My good Lord, that's a gift that God gave them. Mm -hmm. And man, we can worship through that. Mm -hmm. And we can worship through the strength and the abilities and the skills and the passions of sport. I don't know if anyone's ever played like a physical sport. I mean, I, I was a wrestler, and it was really cool when you got a bear hug on somebody and you squeezed him and you heard the breath actually leaving his body. That was such a cool feeling. Of hearing him go, <laughs> man, is that a cool feeling, right? It's a cool feeling. I, I also played football a little bit as a pulling guard, and when you see that poor little defenseless cornerback, he's not even looking at you, and you knock the snot out of him. It is so cool that we get to do that and honor God with that because of the abilities that he's given us. 
I know it's hard to believe I never dunked a basketball in my life, but, but, but imagine being able to do that. I watched volleyball. I love volleyball. Some of those women jump out of the stinking gym and hit the ball so stinking hard it can make your nose explode if it hits it for the glory of God. How cool is that, huh? I don't know if anyone's into softball. I love softball also. Watching some of those young women, how they just, so my, I, like, like, like uh, we said here, I, I have a granddaughter who is two months old, and I've already started this process with her <laughs> to, to learn how to do this, how to pitch. I, I, it's so crazy to see how, how these women throw a ball, how they throw it underhand. It just flips and just dips and dives. Yeah. Because it's a gift. It's a passion. We worship God, every time we lift a weight, every time we run a sprint, every time we do a drill, every time we knock somebody over, we worship God just like we do here. It's also worship. Mm-hmm. We're giving God what he's given us. We're giving right back to him. And I just imagine him sitting up there saying, man, I created that. I created that. I created that. Wow, nice flip. I didn't know you could do that. Wow, you could do that. Now, that's awesome. We, we, we worship him. He loves it yeah. when we worship him. Yeah, that's so good, man. And we, we don't say that enough, I, I think, in the church. And I remember realizing that with our son, Andrew, like where he really uh, expressed him, himself and his gifts was in, uh, in athletics and in sports. And, um, uh, you know, we, we had to learn as parents, like, that's the way God created him. Let's celebrate that. Um, and, and it's so, such a different focus, again, talking about where you put your emphasis, where you put your focus, to say, um, my, I, I'm not doing this for my identity, I'm doing it from my identity. Right. It's the way God's made me, this is an act of worship, it's from my identity that, I, that I'm uh, living this out and doing that. That's a beautiful thing when you see someone really living that, it is worship. Sure, Yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, beautifully said. Um, so uh, to kind of wrap up here, so, so say like, okay, you're in sports, you got your kids in sports, now what? Um, what's one caution and one encouragement you, you would give to families yeah, in this area? Yeah, well, I, I, we talked about this identity thing a little bit, and, and for those of you who are maybe in sports right now or, or whatever, it, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. It's going to end one day. It's going to end one day. For 94% of you, this is where I get to be Debbie Downer, 94% of athletes, their career ends at high school. Only 6% of all high school athletes play at any level of college sports. That's D1, D2, D3, NAIA, junior college, NCCAA. Only 6%. That's 6 out of 100. That's only 3 out of 50 play high school to college. It's going to end. My career in wrestling in college ended abruptly. I didn't know that mine ended. I met a young man at at, uh, University of Michigan, um, my first year over there, um, his name was Adam Kuhn. He was a heavyweight wrestler. Um, he wrestled there from about 14 to 18. Uh, he was the number two ranked heavyweight in the country pretty much his whole career at Michigan. Also the number two ranked heavyweight in the Big Ten because this dude from Ohio, you know, that's school in Ohio, had the number one guy. His name was Kyle Snyder, but incredible young man, by the way. FCA guy, by the way, a believer. But Kyle was an Olympic gold medal. He was an NCAA champ, all those things. And he hadn't lost a match in eight years until one night in Ann Arbor at Chrysler Arena, which is where they play basketball, actually. Ohio came up. Michigan uh, wrestling was at at Chrysler Arena. There was over 8,000 people in that arena to watch a wrestling match. There are 10 weight classes in college wrestling. We had to sit through nine. You know how... 
when you go to a band concert for your kid, you got to watch the kindergartners and the first graders and the, and the recorders play hot crest buns, you know, all those things. So you finally get to your kid, and you're like, oh, oh finally, and then your kid screws up and cries or whatever. Or is that just me? Yeah, I don't know. But um, So we had to watch nine matches, and then the heavyweight match, number one versus two, Snyder and Kuhn, and they went at it. And Adam won that night. He beat Kyle Snyder, first loss of his in eight years. The place went crazy. And actually, we lost the duel. Ohio beat us that night, but it felt like we won because Adam won. He beat Snyder. And the place went nuts. I had an opportunity to, to sit with Adam a couple days later. And he talked about that night, how it was just so, man, he loved it. It was great to, to, that it happened. And when his arm was raised, again, it, it just exploded in there. And, and as soon as he walked off the mat, you know, ESPN was actually there, the Big Ten Network. So everybody's got microphones in his face, and he's getting interviewed. And, you know, pats on the back and hugs and, and you know, from everybody. And they continued on in the locker room. And... Everybody was going crazy, he said, but then about an hour later after my shower, I go out into the arena, and it's empty. Everybody had left. He gets in his car and drives home to Ann Arbor, and you know, those of us that have lived in college homes, they're always the nicest, nicest houses, right? Um, but he got home, and no one's there. So he orders some pizza. Being a heavyweight, you can eat pizza during wrestling season. He gets out his book and starts doing homework. He was also an aerospace, chemical, bioengineer, geeky guy. Smartest guy I also ever met. He said, three hours later, I'm doing homework, eating pizza from the pizza barn in Ann Arbor. Pizza house in Ann Arbor. But because his identity was already set, what he saw was, this could be taken away like that. If my juice comes from everybody screaming for me, and my identity comes from when my hand gets raised and all the attaboys and the microphones in my face, it will end, and then what? He knew where his identity lied. He knew he was a child in Christ. It didn't matter if he won or lose, hand raised or not, that didn't change. God didn't love him any more, didn't love him any less because of what happened there that night. He was secure in it, and he knew it. That's not just my... Warning, that's my encouragement to all of us. Yeah. That's our identity, is in Christ. doesn't matter what the outcome of our athletic career is, the game, anything. Our identity is in Christ. And as a matter of fact, we can still go kick butt on the field. We can still kick butt in the pool. We can still do all those things too. It will end, but our identity in Christ never, never changes. Amen. Amen. Man, so well said. Uh, hey, can we just say thank you to Steve uh, for coming and joining us and being with us this morning? And um, yeah, Here, here's how I'd love to close it if we could. Um, we did this first service as well, but I'd love for those of you, we'd love to have just kind of a time. I've asked Steve if he'd be willing just to pray over some of you families and athletes as you know the school year's kicking back in, sports are kicking back in. So if you uh, are an athlete and you're planning to participate in any sports um, this year, would you just stand? If you are if you have a family member, if you're a parent of a, of a kid who's going to be playing sports or an athlete in sports, would you stand um, in the room? And yeah, so it's great. And then um, here's what I'd love to do. Uh, I'd love, Steve, I'd love if you could just pray over them. And then uh, then after you're done, I'd love to pray for you and just the work you're doing uh, with Athletes in Action. Father God, we do uh, just thank you for this moment right now, God, where we could um, and just come to you and thank you for sport. 
Thank you for the abilities that you've given uh, those in this room that play sport. They're made to strive and strain and, and push themselves to a limit and even beyond. And God, we just thank you for that power and that skill and that passion and that drive in each of them. And God, as they compete in their different sports here this year, God, just always remind them you don't love them any more or any less. You love them totally, no matter what happens on the field or on the court or in the gym. God, I do lift up the parents and, and officials and coaches also in this room or online. Um, and that we keep the game in proper perspective, God. It's just a game. It is. This is definitely about the process. This is definitely about and learning what it means to compete, what it means to be a teammate, what it means to give to others, what it means to sacrifice in order for a common goal. And whether that goal is winning or losing, God, whether we accomplish the winning or losing, the fact that we, we practiced it, that we worked it out, that we did the drills, we did all of that, God, that that glorifies you and honors you. And God, we want to worship you with that. We want to worship you with all that we have in our physical, mental, and emotional bodies and spiritual. Because again, you gave us all you had so long ago. We thank you for sport. God, we thank you that and we get to actually glorify the kingdom via sports. It is so like you to, to give us those passions and we get to glorify you with, through them. Thank you for who you are. And God, we do want to give you our glory, honor, and praise in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I just thank you for Steve. I thank you for, uh, God, the way you have sent him. He is a missionary um, that cross paths with athletes and with families and coaches. Um, God, just through the, the work he's doing. So I pray that you would just open the doors wide, God, at, at Grand Valley State University, uh, at Cornerstone University. I pray that you would just open the doors uh, for him to just uh, be able to step into environments where we do have common ground, even with all the differences in our world, you know, we'll fist bump over a sport. And I pray that you would just allow him, God, uh, to bring the truth of what he just shared with us. Your identity is in Christ, that our identity is secure in you, God, and in nothing else. And I pray that the gospel message uh, would just be shared through Steve and through um, uh, what he's doing with these athletes and these coaches. God, I just pray for um, your just continued favor and your anointing on his life. And you just bless him um, as he continues to, to work in, the, in these areas and shares this message with others. And God, even as we head into this next school year, this next cycle, I pray that what was planted in us today um, would, would play itself out uh, when the game is happening, when, um, you know, uh, tempers are flaring, you know, over wins and losses. I pray that this would be something that you remind us of, God, and help us to live out. And uh, who knows, God, who you're going to put in our path this year. We just ask that you'd help us to be a, a light of your grace and your mercy to each person we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 